the whole uh, pay off the mortgage or invest debate, mm-hmm. I always say, why not? And, you know, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be maxing out that we have, mm-hmm. we are at a privileged income during this time period, but you can invest and do other things that give you emotional freedom. Uh, so for exactly. me, the second, the second thing is it's not all about the math for me, maximizing the investment opportunities for me to sit on a big pile of cash when I'm 80 years old, doesn't give me as much joy as mm-hmm. trying to create some happiness today. And for me, that was not having a mortgage hanging on my back. Hey, this is Allison, and welcome to the Inspire Budget Podcast, where we talk all things budgeting, debt, and saving money. Today, I have invited Andy Hill to join us on the podcast. He is the award-winning family finance expert behind Marriage, Kids, and Money. He has an incredible podcast, a wonderful presence over on social media and an awesome website as well. He's going to be talking to us today about how he and his wife, Nicole, paid off their home in five years. Yes, five years, not 15 years, not 20 years, not 30 years, but five years. He's going to be sharing why he wanted to do that because it might seem crazy how they did that. And he's also going to be answering the question of, um, excuse me, why aren't you investing instead? Aren't you losing money? So let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. Welcome Andy to the Inspire Budget Podcast. It is about time that I have you here to share your story. I'm pumped, Allison. You and I have known each other for a while, so this is an honor. Thank you. We have. And, you know, I know I was on your podcast years ago. I feel like years ago. Maybe it was, I don't know how long ago it was. At least, at least 2018, 2019, something yes. like that. Yes. Some, yeah. So years ago, I was on your podcast sharing our story. I'll link to that in the show notes. I'll also link to your podcast because you have an incredible podcast. Thank you. But what I want to talk to you today has nothing to do with podcasting. It has nothing to do with our friendship. It has everything to do with what you and your wife accomplished with paying off your mortgage. You paid off your mortgage in less than five years. Yeah. That, I, I mean, I don't even, I don't even know how, number one, I, 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 we need the details on this. <laughs> we need that. But I also know I was reading an article that you wrote about how you did this, which I'll link to below in the show notes. But it was very interesting because what I didn't know is you haven't always had this wonderful, positive, amazing, amazing mortgage experience. So share with me a little bit before this home, before you paid off this house in five years with your wife, share with me about your first mortgage experience. Oh yeah, that's where it all starts. A lot of, a lot of motivation comes from my financial decisions, comes from emotion. And I think it's, it's funny Mm -hmm. because a lot of people say, you know, money is facts and figures. You just, you you do this and then you you get, you get to the end of the rainbow. Not for me. No, it's not math. It's math, math. but it's not. It's a, totally true. That's I think that's a great way to explain yeah. it. So for me, with my first home purchase, this was something that society, my family, everybody told me that, hey, if you want to be a responsible adult right after college, do your best to buy a house, don't rent. That's a waste of money. And mm-hmm. I think that sort of still persists in our, our our society a little bit right now. And so I I did the right thing, quote unquote, and I right, saved yeah. up my money and I bought a house with I think 10% down. It was a $200,000 house and I had a mortgage on it. And I was, hey, I did the right thing. I moved in. I made some job changes that affected my income, but uh, uh, helped with my happiness a little bit. Quickly realized <gasps> that this house was over 50% of, of my expenses for my income. Oh so my God, hold on. Yep. hold on. Yeah. Your house payment was over 50%. 
the, the house payment, payment as well as just the house thing you, yeah. you get into it saying hey i can afford the mortgage but then you don't realize that you can't afford the bills you can't afford furnishing it you can't mm -hmm. afford fixing things that you didn't know how to fix because you're 23 years old and you don't know what <laughs> you're doing exactly the, the roof breaks all these types of things that just sort of overwhelmed me personally but also overwhelmed the income i had coming in so it became yes. became one of those things where i almost despised homeownership right off the bat it, it was it was not a fun mm -hmm. feeling you were like what why were these people why did they help get me in this situation they are liars is that what you were thinking exactly yeah i was feeling like hey this this is the thing that i was supposed to do but it mm -hmm. just didn't feel right and so right off the bat it was one of those things where i was like okay man this this feels claustrophobic what can i do to get out of this mess and mm -hmm. for me it was okay i'm not making enough money so i figured out how to how to fix that problem okay. i got in some roommates so that helped a little bit okay so this I was started, before you were married this is well before i was married okay. i was 22 23 years wow. old and That's yeah a again big thing for a 23 i mean not to mention not to mention that when you're 23 you're still making stupid choices at least oh, i yeah. was please tell me you were too and Plenty. You don't know, like you just don't know. You haven't had enough life experience in the adult world to figure this out. So I can't, number one, I'm surprised that you got to that point where you saved up 10% to put down. That's awesome. And that you found yourself in this situation, but oh my gosh. Okay. So you get roommates. You're like, let me get some help covering this mortgage payment. And then what happens? Yeah. From there, things seemed to get pretty good. But as I grew up and I, as I lived in the house for a little while, I had some desires to move. I was like, okay, I'm, I got a job opportunity in Chicago. I, I want to try something mm -hmm. different. But unfortunately, a little thing called the Great Recession happened. Oh. And my home value, when I was considering making these changes, was valued at around $100,000, but I still owed like 180 on it. So I was Wait, underwater what? in this house. Yes. It went down. So you yeah, bought it for time. like 200 and it, it went 200. down to 100,000. Oh yeah. my God. So my, my home equity line of credit that I was borrowing from because I wanted to, to, to live my life. Yes. Uh, they, they shut that yeah. off saying you can't borrow anymore because you got no equity. Right. And I couldn't sell it because I didn't have any equity. Oh I didn't have enough to pay gosh. money to sell the house. So I just felt a lot of things were happening with my first experience where I was like, man, this is supposed to be the thing you're supposed to do. But ah, I, I obviously I did it wrong quite mm -hmm. a bit, but I just didn't feel like uh, this is this is the way it's supposed to be. So my first experience with homeownership was was not that great. And when oh I ended gosh. up selling the house, I ended up selling it pretty much for what I bought it for yeah. and what I put into it 10 years later. So this whole, wow, it's a great investment thing. Uh, it didn't turn out that way for me. <laughs> and I, I know I think that that's one of like these fake life rules. Fake life rules are whenever the society, society has these rules, these expectations for us and they are fake. And one of them is, if you want to be responsible, you buy a house yeah. and it's like, no, you would have been actually a lot better off and a lot more responsible if you had rented and you could kind of just adjust your lifestyle to that. Oh my gosh. Okay. So fast forward, you meet your lovely wife, you get married, right? And yes. she finds this house, doesn't she? Yes. So, so she moves into the bachelor pad that, that I was living oh. in and, and, and looks around and says, yeah, this is, this is fine, but this is not going to do, this is, you know, this is not a forever is, thing for this me. It's not a forever hope. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's a great house. What's wrong? You know? Um, so over time, yeah, we get married uh, and, and that keeps seeping into there. We fix it up, things like that, but it never feels quite right to her. So right. at one point in our relationship, she's like, Hey, let's, let's look for another place. And I'm like, okay, but the first time around for me with this homeownership thing 
was just uncomfortable. So if we're going to buy something, we're going to have to do it a little differently than I did mm-hmm. the first time around. She's like, fine, that sounds good. So I go out, I go out of town for work. I get the call, honey, I found the house. I'm <laughs> like, well, can I take a look at it first? You know, obviously I come home, I take a look at it. I fall in love with it too. It's a beautiful home in a great mm-hmm. neighborhood, great schools. The neighbors were fantastic. The price tag was $350,000. So that was a lot more than where we were be- mm-hmm. before that. So I said, Hey, okay, let's do a deal here. We'll get the forever house, but let's pay off the mortgage in like five years because I just don't want to have this feeling of a mortgage on my back and feeling like the home owns me. (laughs) I had a lot of angst with the first way around with this whole home ownership thing. And she's like, cool, let's do that. Let's do that. So in order for us to do that, we had to do a lot of collaboration together Mm -hmm. with regard to meeting on a monthly basis and spend a lot less than we earned, which which is something we were able to do together. Yes. Okay. We're going to dive into some of the tips on how you did this, but I just think that it's almost this beautiful story that your frustrations and your stress that you went through so often in life, we have these choices. Are we going to take these lessons that we're being put through and are we going to learn from them? Or are we just going to continue down the path of making the same choices? And there are times I continue down the path of making the same choices. No one's perfect, (laughs) right? I'm sure you do the same thing, but I love that this lesson, you didn't necessarily like scare you off from ever owning a home and you didn't say, okay, well, this is the way it happened before. So I guess this is how it's going to happen again. And you didn't put yourself in the same situation. You really looked at it and you said, if we're going to do this, I need to change the way I interact with my mortgage. I interact with my money so that it's a positive experience instead of a negative one. And I just want to say, that's awesome. Thank you. That That is wonderful. And I think that shows maturity and growth and patience. And I'm sure your wife had something to do with it because. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> this, is, this is not all Andy's doing. In fact, of it course. required a partnership for mm-hmm. sure in order to do all that. And she was extremely patient. It wasn't something that she was like, yeah, you know, normal people pay off their mortgage in 30 years. We're going to do it in five. Like, right. sounds, sounds like fun, Andy. You know, yeah, <laughs> it, exactly. it, wasn't, it wasn't fun necessarily, but the no. result was is has definitely been fun. Yes. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by my free budgeting and debt payoff cheat sheet. This is a 15 page cheat sheet that has everything you need to kickstart your budget and debt payoff journey. I've broken down the most important part of budgeting, how to find more money in your budget each month and the fastest way to pay off debt all in this easy download. So whether you're new to budgeting or you just need a refresher, this cheat sheet is for you. You can grab it by clicking the link in the show notes or going to inspirebudget.com slash cheat sheet. I was doing, and this is going to be kind of sidetracked. I was doing a Peloton ride yesterday and Robin Arzone was my instructor and she had said, you've never met I've never met someone or read an autobiography of someone who had an easy life and never had struggle, right? So this first house was a struggle and you turned it around. So let's talk about it. You paid off a $350,000 home. How long ago was that? Like, when did you buy it? We bought it in 2013. Okay. So it was 350 then. Our mortgage was around $200,000. So we put a 45% down payment on it. Again, this was me just hating the first go around of this whole thing. Big down payment and an aggressive pay down strategy. Wow. Okay. So let's talk about it. I know in the article I'm linking below, you have, I think it's seven 
or something. It's, it's a lot of tips on how to pay off your mortgage fast. What are some of the tips? I mean, clearly a large down payment mm -hmm. is, yeah. is, is I'm guessing one of them, but what are some of the other ones? Absolutely. Yeah. If you want to get aggressive with it and you want to pay it down fast, one thing that we did just for discipline's sake was to get a 15-year mortgage because mm -hmm. with a 15-year mortgage, more of the payment that you're making each month goes towards the principal. And we yes. wanted that discipline set in there for us to be able to say, hey, even if we don't have extra money one month, we're still hitting a lot of the principal. Mm -hmm. And outside of that, it's, yeah, it's as simple as it sounds, just making additional principal payments each month to pay the down, pay the thing down as fast as possible. And for us to do that, it required us to, for a certain period of time, we were living on 40% of our, 50% of our income mm -hmm. for, for a period of time. And luckily enough, just full transparency during that payoff period, we were making a household income of around $170,000 just okay. for people to understand. That's that's a good amount of money. And yeah. so for us to live on half of that, we we weren't scrimping and saving everything. Things, things were still comfortable right. for us. But I know a lot of people out there that depending on where you live in, in the country, that that's an, an income that some couples can have if you have a two income household. So mm -hmm. for us, we, we lived on half, we got a 15 year mortgage. Nicole and I would meet on a monthly basis for our budget party. We'd get together and talk about our goals, our financial goals, and talk about our spending and our saving and where that was going and our progress towards the mortgage. So mm -hmm. even though she got bored of me saying it all the time, I'd be like, hey, <laughs> we're under $150,000 on our mortgage. Hey, we're under $100,000. And just sort of those progressive mm -hmm. steps got me excited. She mostly got annoyed with me for bringing okay. it up over and over again, but she likes the results now uh, of, yeah. of everything that came out of it. So yeah, it was, it was a combination of 15 year mortgage, increasing our income. So any time that I would get new money in our mm -hmm. lives, whether it's a tax refund or a bonus at work or a commission or us just selling stuff on Craigslist or Facebook marketplace, any new money that came into our lives, mm -hmm. we would throw it directly at the mortgage because we had that that goal that made us excited yeah, and that became our, our singular focus for a period of time. I love it. So I do have a question for yeah. you though, and I have my thoughts on this. So I'm excited to see what you have to say about it because I'm sure you're getting some feedback. That's like, wait a minute, Andy, that was stupid. Oh yeah. Why Lots aren't you investing that instead? Your mortgage was what? Maybe 3%, 3% interest rate. Okay. So your mortgage is 3% interest rate. Why would you not just take that money, invest it in the stock market, get eight to 10% back returns? You're stupid. What do you have to say to that? Oh, I love this. I love this question because I, <laughs> I love to deal with it all the time. So first things first, we were investing and we took oh. advantage of our work, my workplace 401k, where mm -hmm. I got a 15% match. 15% match? To, to, to the max. So I did 19.5 or whatever it was during that time. Yeah. 18,000, 19,000, whatever. Each so year. Get, okay. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Let's break that down. That means you yeah. were, you were investing about $19,000 every year into your 401k. So yes. You were investing that much into your 401k, which was the maximum amount you can invest. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So the whole uh, pay off the mortgage or invest debate, mm -hmm. I always say, why not? And, you know, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be maxing out that we have, mm -hmm. we are at a privileged income during this time period, but you can invest and do other things that give you emotional freedom. Uh, so for exactly. me, the second, the second thing is 
It's not all about the math for me. Maximizing the investment opportunities for me to sit on a big pile of cash when I'm 80 years old doesn't give me as much joy as mm -hmm. trying to create some happiness today. And for me, that was not having a mortgage hanging on mm -hmm. my back because Be that was stressful for yes, me. Yes, because of your past experiences. So I love your response because mine's the same thing. Yes, math is math. We said it, right? Money is math, but it's also not. It is yes. very emotional and your past life experiences caused you to say, okay, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it this way because of what I've gone through. And I think that there is, there is the ability in our lives to make those types of choices and also not have to apologize Absolutely. for them, not to your yeah. family, not to your friends, not to people on social media, personal finance is so personal and I don't mind having a mortgage, but I also didn't have this terrible, awful experience with mortgages, but there are things in my life I'm not willing to do because of maybe some sort of money trauma from my past. And so you went through trauma. I think it's wonderful that you can pick and choose what you want to do and that you were also investing. So it's absolutely. not like you were completely neglecting it. And it was only five years. Sure. That's absolutely. A, that's another thing is it was only five years. It's not like you were doing this and neglecting investing forever because now I'm guessing you have even more money. We do. I mean, we invested for a long period of time and now we're at a point where we don't even invest that much anymore for mm -hmm. our retirement because we have so much in our retirement accounts that over the next 20 to 25 years, time and compound interest are going to help us yep. to have a relaxing time with regard to retirement. So we, we love this term coast fire because mm -hmm. we have a half a million dollars saved up in our retirement accounts before our 40 40th birthday. We're not 40 yet. And that, if you just look at those compound interest calculators, it's yep. going to give us plenty. So I feel like there are decisions that we can make today to maximize our joy that maybe don't net us millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars sitting there when we're super old, mm -hmm. because we might not be able to enjoy it as much when we're super old. Yeah. There are opportunities for us to enjoy and maximize our life experiences today. And mm -hmm. if we're able to do that, more power to you. Yeah. I feel like our family, my husband and I just refinanced back in May to a 15 year mortgage. We, when we moved into this house two years ago, Inspire Budget didn't have enough tax return information to justify putting me using my income as a mortgage, you know, to get the mortgage. And so it was we bought it directly under my husband's income and we refinanced from a 30 year to a 15 year. And when people were like, that's stupid, why aren't you investing? I'm like, we are investing, but this literally only increases our mortgage by $400 a month. And we save $123,000 in, in interest payments. That that's how much we are saving. Yeah. I know we, when we were looking at it, they were like, well, why don't you invest? You know, why don't you refinance to a 30 year? And then your payments will go down. And we looked at the 20 year and we looked at the 15. And when we saw the 15, we were like, that is it. Like, that's the one, that's yeah. the one. So I while mean, if, I, if you have the yeah. end goal of mm -hmm. paying it off or being done with it, then yeah, yeah. Those mortgages make sense. If you have the mindset of, well, I'd rather have a mortgage, a 40 year mortgage because it's a low interest and it protects me against inflation and all those mm -hmm. good math things that make yes. you feel good then yeah, do that. That's yes, okay. I think exactly. but what Allison and I are both saying, it's like, mm -hmm. this is a personal decision. So if you hear this 15 year mortgage or mortgage payoff stuff, and it sounds wacky to you, then don't do don't it. Don't do it. I think also it's okay to change your mind 
because there's going to come times in life experiences that you have that where one day you're like, you know what, that's not what I want after all. And that's okay as well. So it's okay to change your mind on this money journey. That's it's fluid. It's flexible. And it's, it's not cookie cutter and it's not cookie cutter to someone else. It's also not cookie cutter to your present moment. Your future can be unique and different and you can change your mind on that as well. I know, I know, I know I have for sure Absolutely. over the years. And that, that's why it becomes so personal is because money is so emotional and personal. Mm -hmm. So when somebody says, consider this or do this, or I'm doing this, it becomes almost feels like an attack on you. It's yeah. like, no, 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 this has nothing to do with you. This is, this is my thing, you know, exactly. So, so you could do it or not. It's all good. Exactly. Oh, I love it. And I think just being able to have those internal conversations and then have the confidence to stand in your decision. Even when other people say that's stupid, have the confidence that, you know, you're making the best decision for you and for your family and everyone else who cares what they, who cares what they think, who cares? Absolutely. They're not paying your bills. So, oh, Andy, thank you so much for sharing your story. We can't end this podcast without me asking you about your podcast, your award-winning podcast. So if you have, if you're listening to this right now, then you, when you're done, finish out the episode, but when you're done, you need to check out Andy's podcast. So Andy, tell us all about it. Absolutely. Thank you very much for that, Allison. It's called Marriage, Kids, and Money. So if you're in your podcast player, just type in Marriage, Kids, and Money. And it's a lot of the stuff that Allison's hitting on, the important things that are in her life too, building wealth, but also having a good time today and enjoying time with your family. So that's what I'm all about. Yeah, you can check it out there or mm -hmm. marriagekidsandmoney.com. Yes, but you have a fun a fun thing that you do on Fridays. Tell the I listeners do. about that. Yeah, so on Fridays, I do a segment called Bread and Wine with my wife, Nicole, and we sit down, we have a glass of wine, and we talk about our bread. We talk about our financial situations in our lives and things that are going on. It's either things that happened that week or things that we're pondering as a couple. And mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun. It's a really great way for me to connect with my wife. So the fact that people are actually listening as well is, is, a, is a perk for me. So that's awesome. I love it. Well, I'll link to that below as well and your website and, and your Instagram because you're just doing such amazing things out there. So thank you for joining us. Thank you, Allison. I really appreciate it. Okay, Andy, at the end of every interview, just to help us get to know our guests a little bit better, I like to ask three questions. Don't think too hard about these, just off the top of your head. The first one is, what is one thing on your bucket list you want to do? One thing on my bucket list I want to do. I, I We have prioritized vacations in our lives now, mm -hmm. and I want to have a set-up annual all-inclusive vacation to Mexico with my family every year. That's my oh bucket my list, a recurring thing that happens every winter when we want to get out of Michigan. That would be oh, awesome. Oh, that, that is awesome. You should do it. Have you ever been to an all-inclusive resort? Yes. We've yes, done it awesome. one time as a family, and it was just so cool. And we oh, Where like, did you go right, We went family. to Cabo, okay. and it was this nice five-star all-inclusive resort. We had a lot of great credit card points and travel points, and it was like pretty inexpensive. It ended up being like $300 cash what? for us, but it was like a six thousand dollar trip so yeah we're like okay well how do we do that with real money because we can't get the credit card points every time every yeah yeah so uh, we're uh, i, I want to create this like perpetual vacation fund where it's like a brokerage mm -hmm. account and i could just pull off of the dividends and we just nice. always are able to go on vacation i think that would be awesome so that's and yeah i me. mean if you think about it how many more summers or winters left do you really have with your kids while they're at home while they'll still want to hang out with me right that, yeah, i got a nine-year-old right. and a seven-year-old <laughs> so it's time's running out 
I know exactly when they still want to hang out with you. And then I guess if you do this, whenever they're adults, that'll be a good reason for them to hang out with you. That's true. If mommy and daddy are paying for it, I bet you they'll still show up. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. So the second question is you have three hours to do whatever you want with no interruptions. How do you spend your time? Oh, uh, well, besides having an awesome conversation with you, uh, oh, Allison, thank you. I would probably take a nap. Uh, oh. the, <laughs> I would take a nap. I would go for a walk and listen to a great show mm-hmm. like uh, like your show and uh, probably eat, eat some Qdoba and then probably take another nap. Mm. What is your favorite <laughs> podcast to listen to? Like, what is the one oh, that you're like, wow. oh, I'm so happy they dropped another episode? Oh, that's a great question. I really enjoy right now. It's called Checks and Balance. It's a podcast by The Economist, uh, okay. which is a, a news source opportunity for me. It's it's more centrist. It kind of sees both sides and mm-hmm. keeps me up to date on what's going on in our world. And I love their views. So I'll have to check good. it out. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Last question. Just finish this sentence. My favorite thing I've ever spent money on is... I like spending money on my kids, whether it's oh. a, uh, a camp for them that they really enjoy, sports activities just going to get ice cream, going to the, the play place together. I, mm-hmm. I just love seeing them smile. I, I, I get my joy when, when they're happy. Oh, I love it. Cause your kids are the same ages as my kids. I think nine think and seven, nine and seven, yeah. nine oh, and wow. seven. Oh, yes. Cool. Nine and seven. And it, it's a really fun age. Yeah. I, I love this age, especially like the seven. I really, I always thought kindergarten was the best year cause they're old enough to not have daycare payments, yes. but they're <laughs> young enough to not really talk back that much, but they can, you know, like they're, they still yep. want to be around you. They still want to hold your hand. They still want to yeah. do all the things with you. And I guess really nine is we're still, I'm still kind of have that with my oldest son, but it's like that sweet swap between diapers and teenagers. Right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, our family, we take, we go camping a lot and I'm yeah. like, Oh, in a couple of years, I'm not going to want to go camping with us. They're going to see that as lame, but right now it's just thrilling to them. They oh. count down the days. So, see, oh, I love that's it. The joy. That's the it joy. It is. Man. That's the joy. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so happy that we could hear your story and, and just touch on the fact that you're right. Money is emotional and money is, is math, but it's not always math. And it's important to make choices that align with you and your values and your past experiences. I love it, Allison. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Andy. Go down to the show notes below to get connected to his podcast, follow him on Instagram and all the things. And as always, if you are really enjoying these podcast episodes, if it's something you look forward to, it would make me so happy and I'd be so honored if you would just take a couple of moments to leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. Essentially, it's free for you to leave a rating and a review. Five-star reviews are my favorite. (laughs) And it just helps my show get out to even more listeners. You can also subscribe to the Inspire Budget Podcast on any podcast app that you're listening to. It's free to subscribe. All it really means is that this podcast will be delivered to that podcast app every Thursday when a new episode airs. I'll see you next week. Bye for now.